0: Welcome to Prodigal and the Priest of Podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. I'm Joey Scansala, joined by my co-host and friend, Father Paul Bechter. Father Paul, how are you doing?
1: Doing good, Joey. How you doing?
0: I'm doing really well. A little tired. We've been bringing kids into the church the last few days. Um, not like literally like here, come hither, children, but more like bringing them into like full communion with the church. Hmm. So, cool. It's been sacraments. Good. Yeah, sacraments. Always fun. All so. the
1: sacraments up in here. <laughs> it's good.
0: <laughs> So this is episode eleven for those who are keeping mm. the uh, the shows documented in their notes and everything like that. And on eleven, we have an interesting topic we want to bring to people. Mm. And it's something that is near and dear to your heart.
1: Do you have like spooky music to play as a?
0: Uh, sure.
1: Oh, nice. The Bermuda Triangle. And its effect on our culture. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Okay. Yeah. So we want to talk about the Bermuda Triangle a little bit today.
0: <laughs> Which people are like, okay, cool. Prodigal and priests, faith, sports, neither the Bermuda Triangle. But we'll bring it around, hopefully. So um, Bermuda Triangle, you are from Bermuda.
1: I am. born. You were not born in Bermuda. I was born in Houston. Houston. As they um, say and i moved to bermuda no when says i that. yeah they say it with a y um but okay you wouldn't know not being from houston um and yeah well, i moved to bermuda when i was 6 my family followed shortly after just kidding you don't have like a laugh track to play <laughs> <So> this <laughs> is a train wreck okay <laughs> so um Yeah, so I grew up in Bermuda from when I was six until I was 18. My parents still live there. They've been there 26 years. Um, And it is a little British island, 20 square miles. That's it. Very small. 50,000 people live there. Pretty much
0: similar. I mean, for those who know Capel, where we are at, (laughs) it's like very similar to the city of Capel. I think we're like 40 or
1: 50,000 people. Mm Mm-hmm. It's tiny, and it's its own country, but it's part of the Commonwealth of England, so it's got that thing going on. Mm. It's uh, it's not close to anything. People think it's in the Caribbean, but it's a 1,000 miles east of North Carolina, Mm. um, and that is the closest landmass to Bermuda, just a little rock. If I had a map, I'd show you, for those who are watching on our video stream, Um, but Yeah, so anyway, I grew up in Bermuda, and one thing that we were always asked about, just constantly, um, whenever anyone would come and visit or we would go somewhere else, is like, Bermuda. And then they would either reference the Beach Boys song, Bermuda, Bahama, Mm -hmm. et cetera, um, or they'd be like, like the triangle. And so I always just started adding, like the triangle, to clarify. Yeah, I'm from Bermuda. What? Like the triangle. Oh, um, and people immediately get it. They know. Everybody knows about the Bermuda Triangle. Everybody. But I want to fill y'all in on the real story. Not the story you're going to find <laughs> on <laughs> the, the history real channel. The real story
0: of the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, we actually had one of our friends uh, who owned a dive shop in Bermuda. Um, the History Channel came and filmed one of their like conspiracy theory things. Oh, cool. And there was this dude who had spent like devoted his whole life to designing some instrument to measure whatever the Bermuda Triangle was. And uh, my buddy's dad, or it was actually my brother's friend's dad, took him out on a dive shop boat um, and with the film crew and everything. And nice. It was mostly focused on the guy and like the aviators and the bomber jacket with this instrument. Um, but at one point, they actually panned the camera up to. My brother's friend's dad who was driving this boat and we're like we need we need the the perspective of a local like you've battled the bermuda triangle your whole life your whole life (laughs) what's it all about and he turned around while still driving the boat turned around and just said like the most mysterious intriguing nonsense it was hilarious he totally played into the whole thing because the thing is like look it's a giant triangle (laughs) of ocean (laughs) the bermuda Bermuda itself is just the northernmost vertex of the Bermuda Triangle, which is like Bermuda, Puerto Rico, and the Florida Keys or something like that. It's a giant thing, includes the Sargasso Sea. And the Bermuda Triangle as as a concept, and not just like a stretch of ocean, but as this like supernatural or something concept, is actually a very recent thing. It was popularized, I want to say, in like the early 1900s, um, I had to do a project once when I was, this is a soft flex, but I had to do a project when I was in uh, Hebrew school, right um, on the Bermuda triangle. So I did a bunch of research on like the Hebrew Wikipedia of uh, Bermuda <laughs> and learned all about this book and gave a presentation. Um, and just the research in the book was terrible. Like the whole thing's just made up. Like, yes, a bunch of ships crashed into Bermuda and sank, because it, Bermuda is surrounded by this hidden barrier reef. You can't see it when you're on a ship coming. Right. And you don't expect anything to just be out there in the middle of the ocean. That's actually how Bermuda was discovered. Like but what about six, all the
0: planes? And then the like, planes. So like, okay. Their odometers or whatever. What, what, right, what all, word am I looking for? I their computer of, navigation. Yeah, odometer, it's all spinning uh, and all that. Bermuda triangle.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, the guy who wrote the book like, really embellished what actually happened there. It was so, somebody like me wrote the book. <laughs> yeah. It was like, he made it sound like there was no other explanation than just something mysterious and supernatural to cause this squadron of planes to crash when they were doing a test flight out of Florida. He mm. um, was like, the pilot, the captain was experienced like war hardened or something battle hardened, like, like, you know, could never have faltered in anything in like these clear, perfect daylight conditions and all the stuff. And it was, if I remember right, it was something like a, like a training, training mission and the conditions were actually quite unstable. And I don't know they got lost. Like it just, it tragic, but it happens. Right. And so, anyway, point is, like, uh, it was kind of fun growing up in this place that everybody knew about only because of this thing that was totally made, it, made up, but had this, like, mysterious element to it. And, like, oh, did you ever get lost in the Bermuda Triangle? I used to tell people that that's how I ended up in Dallas. Like, why would anyone actually leave Bermuda to, to come to <laughs> Dallas?
0: Yeah, weather-wise. Yeah. Is it hotter there? Colder?
1: Uh, like, less humidity? It's cooler but way more humidity it's like 100% humidity oh so that's fun the temperature only gets up to like 85 like 90 ish when it's really getting hot but with 100% humidity it feels pretty much as hot as it does here just different mm. kind of heat yeah so anyway that's a little summary of the Bermuda Triangle but you've actually been to Bermuda did you experience any triangle effects I experienced
0: the tri- triangle yeah I think I was how old was I fourth grade how old are you in fourth grade what is that know, nine yeah. ten we 11, use different grades whatever. in bermuda do you really
1: yeah we do oh okay awesome primary one through three junior one junior four through seven senior one through five with an extra year called sgy that's what i had
0: wow okay <laughs> cool um so yeah i went in fourth grade normal fourth grade and so um my aunt took us on a cruise out of new york city so from jersey we went to new york city took a cruise out apparently what we didn't know and i'm grew up on the jersey shore i was on boats most of my life is bermuda isn't the easiest like like waters to cruise to no yeah it was very choppy most people were like thrown across the boat and like uh okay maybe not uh, this On isn't a cruise like the, ship? yeah yeah yeah. like wait you know like you back like a forth. dinky
1: little cruise ship like, no
0: it was like a carnival like a cruise or something like that <laughs> yes <laughs> oh wait that's right that's what it was <laughs> no it Jersey was an cruise actu- ship. yeah it was an actual cruise ship all right and so um but a lot of like people got sick and including some of my family members. But when we got to Bermuda, we're so excited. And you're right. I think in my head I was like, "Oh, we're going to Bermuda. It's like right by Jamaica." And mm. so got off, we're enjoying it. And Bermuda, besides the triangle, is known for its pink sand. Mm. Okay. That's so real. That's not that, a myth. That's yeah, that's not a myth.
1: They're Contrary to popular <laughs> belief, it's real. <laughs> no
0: one said it wasn't real <laughs> besides you right now. So, pink sand, um and so me and my siblings, we were like, man, I want to take a little bit back for souvenirs. To us, a little bit is each one of us, so there's four of us, brought a gallon Ziploc bag. And I remember we like filled up this gallon Ziploc bag. We, were, we went into the water and my sister was reading a book back on like the beach down. Like the lifeguard came up to her and was like... Excuse me, ma'am. You, uh, you can't take like four Ziploc bags of sand uh, with you. So um, we had dump some out, but we did get some back. I don't know. Is that illegal? Yes. Is it?
1: Yeah. It actually is. I don't um, think it was. Maybe they've back gotten in the more 90s. strict on it. Yeah, I think in the nineties, like everything. You, was I mean, fair you could game. just like take chunks of the coral reef back with you. Probably <laughs> like it's so highly illegal. You just now. like. Take a hammer,
0: dive down, you're like... All the Bermudians
1: who are listening are just cringing right now. They're cringing, yeah. Yeah, It it is actually illegal. You can buy a tiny little bottle of Bermuda sand to bring back. Probably like $10. Um, But you should know that there's no statute of limitations and that they will extradite you to Bermuda uh, to prosecute you for this childhood crime. There you go. So... Well,
0: I don't have the sand anymore, so no. sold it on the black market. Just no kidding.
1: evidence except for this confession. <laughs> no
0: <laughs> evidence except for this confession. Um, mm. so what the heck does this have to do with anything?
1: Yeah, why even bring it up?
0: Like why why initially when we're we're documenting in our show notes and we're talking and like Father Paul's like feverishly
1: writing and just like,
0: Yeah, Bermuda Triangle, this will <laughs> just, be great. This will be relevant. Genius. <laughs> this is this is great. What is <laughs> the whole point?
1: Okay, I wanted to bring up the Bermuda triangle because I thought like that's a kind of a kind of fun personal in to like a widespread phenomenon that we all experience, which is like I think you can make a real analogy between the Bermuda triangle and what it's supposed to do, right? It's okay, it's not a real thing, but this sort of like disorienting, um, dangerous effect, that it has. Okay. Yeah. couldn't come up with a better word there. Um, and to make an analogy between that and like our secular culture right now, and not that, you know, don't hear me say that and just be like, oh, he rejects everything in the world. He wants to live in the middle ages or something. That's not it. Like, I'm not saying that everything is bad about the world that we live in, but we know that right. like our culture, when it's not rooted in the gospel goes astray that's just what it does and we look around us and we see all sorts of of ideas mainly Mm -hmm. right pervasive ideas which are not the truth of the gospel which have this disorienting effect on people right and can make them feel lost or adrift Uh, and so i don't know the the example that comes to my mind, and this is, again, like a 90s thing, and it's a it's different now than it was. Shout out, 90s. <clears throat> What's up, 90s? <clears throat> Excuse me. Got, like, <laughs> bubble voice going on. Um, but, yeah, I was, I I love the show Seinfeld growing mm. up in Bermuda. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Seinfeld. So here's the thing. In Bermuda, <laughs> like, it's so small. They only have one cable company, or at least they did when I was growing up. Now they've got two, I think. And that cable company would pirate the TV signals from, like, the Northeast. <laughs> um, so I grew up watching Fox Rochester Channel 10 <laughs> from Rochester, New York. <laughs> and, like, the Mets were playing on there all the time. Oh, and they would show Seinfeld every day.
0: I'm sorry you had to watch yeah. the Mets.
1: Uh, yeah. We also had the the Braves, so I'd watch the Braves over the Mets. But mm. Chipper Jones era, oh, Tom okay. Glavin, Greg I'm Maddox, sure. all that. Um, but... Yeah, so on that Fox Rochester Channel 10, I would watch Seinfeld all the time when I was mm-hmm. a teenager. Loved it. Still love it. It's a hilarious show. Quite inappropriate sometimes, but like, right. Guy's a comedic genius. Um, Seinfeld's awesome. Yeah. But something I didn't realize when I was growing up, and I look back on now, like that had a major impact on my own formation of values right i was a catholic i was going to church i went through ccd and everything it wasn't incredible but it was something mm-hmm. growing up and watching seinfeld every day after school had a much stronger influence on what i considered to be important and yeah. how life was supposed to be lived and even things as important as like relationships and marriage i remember like thinking growing up that what you did when you were dating and you were an adult was that when it got serious you moved in with each other. Mm. And then if it got even more serious after that, you would maybe think about getting married and then if you were married you would maybe think about having kids. Right. Like I I thought that that was just the normal thing. Right. And it's because <laughs> in large part of Seinfeld. Right. And Seinfeld, you know, as a symbol for for uh the culture. For the culture um Wait, which promotes a certain Is that
0: not how it is? What's that? <laughs> Is that not how it's supposed to be? You're not supposed to move in. And then <laughs> right. I'm just giving it a try nine years into marriage. Boom. Yes.
1: Boom. <laughs> Very funny. Um, just kidding. And, and Love so you, Nick. like it was, it was a big revelation to me when I was in college. And I'd had like a much more serious personal conversion to the faith and started like actually reading and living out my faith mm-hmm. that like all these things I just held for granted were not what our Lord teaches. Yeah. And they're not what makes us happy, yeah. right? Like Catholic church teaching, is <laughs> the gospel, is is not meant to suppress anything. It's meant to free us uh, for right. authentic love. And so our culture is so mixed up about that. And it's just, I think, uh, a kind of fun way to think about it is it's like we're living in a real Bermuda Triangle, mm. um, where we're just bombarded by all these uh influences towards vice masquerading as virtue yeah um that would throw us off course right maybe even cause us to to run aground and shipwreck right um and so when jesus talks about being the light of the world and shining in the darkness like that's (laughs) you can also be like the the, I don't know, the GPS, which authentically guides us through through the hazards of the Bermuda Triangle. Lame, you're going to play the the Yeah, dubs? I don't okay. know. Do I have uh, that one? No, um. it's fine. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I think that's important for us to hear. Yeah. Um, and that we know it to some level. But maybe we don't examine all of these things because, like Seinfeld, maybe they're hilarious. <laughs> maybe yeah. there's a real good mixed in with these almost truths, right? It's it's not the ones that are so blatantly false. It's right. the ones that are almost true right? that have that pervasive value and we don't even notice and then they become our own values.
0: Yeah, it's like the... I feel like the saints often talked about this if they didn't then oh well i am um but uh you know one of the saints was talking about you know we picture the devil as this you know horny character and carrying the pitchfork and the tail and red and all this and it's like no this could be the farthest thing from the truth like the devil is like cunning and seductive and like all these things that like Make it where it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, that is terribly wrong. And this is absolutely good. It's going to be on this fine line of like, uh, is it so bad? Right. And just like slowly you find yourself walking a different path.
1: Yeah. Um, and you don't know how they got. How do you got there? Like, I don't know how I got to Dallas. I just went swimming one day in the Bermuda Triangle and just ended up here. There it is. <laughs> Um, my one of my old spiritual directors actually used to to say exactly that, and he would I I want to say it's an image from Saint Ignatius of Loyola, um, but it might be in other places too. He'd say like, no, the devil appears as a as an angel of light, mm. right? Someone that looks very attractive and good and holy and virtuous, yeah, um, like those kind of things that masquerade as the good, are are the ones that are that are most powerful in leading right. people astray.
0: Yeah, and I—I I mean, man, working in youth ministry, I see this so often. I see this Bermuda Triangle of uh, you know a lore that it's like, oh, this is this is what we're going for. This is what we're living for. This is what we're going to do. And I—I um, I feel sickened a lot of times when I think about our youth and what they have to go through and what they have to live through. And really, yeah. adults. Young adults, everyone, but especially those in the high school, college, and young adult life right now mm-hmm. of just really all of this, this topic of, yeah, but this is what the culture does. So, I mean, come on, I don't want to be labeled a freak over here, mm-hmm. you know, that Jesus freak, but I also want to, you know, how can you live in the world but not of the world, like John mm-hmm. Paul II said.
1: Yeah, you know, and like Jesus said. I guess. <laughs> Yes. Yeah cuz we're not in the 90s anymore, right? <laughs> like, right? Like we were we grew up in the 90s, right? You sort of yeah. grew up in the 80s too.
0: First 5 years of my <laughs> life, yes.
1: Um and like I don't know. It's it's different now. I think it's harder. Maybe that's like old man speak to look back and
0: No, yeah. definitely harder for somebody yeah. growing up now.
1: Um and Yeah. This this cultural effect we're describing, this Bermuda Triangle effect, can seem so all-encompassing that it's like, even if you want to resist it, like where do you even go to get away from it? Right. Um, what kind of community can you actually have if you like just don't accept any of it? Right. Um,
0: and I think that's the point, though. I think you hit on an important point. To just there's so many, obviously, we could reiterate all the things that we always talk about prayer the things, and the sacraments and all those things, but community, you hit on something that I think that changed my life when I went to Franciscan, when I did net ministry for you at some point at u d. yeah, you know, like that communal life of people that are able to steer you out of the misdirections or like, Oh, you really think this is true? Let us let's let's have a conversation, right? Let's have an actual friendship that's able to say, like, okay, this is what you're doing, this is what you're thinking, this is why I'd say maybe this is not the best idea, right? Mm-hmm. What type of community are you surrounding yourself with? Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge, you know. I th- I think um, it's one of the things I fear for, you know, with the shortage of priests that priests aren't able to live as much in a community, you mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. of Fellowship of, of brothers and to be held accountable and different things like that. And it's something I have to seek for as a, as a married man to say, who am I surrounding myself with? You know, am I surrounding myself with people that are actually going to lead me to holiness or not? You know, um, I don't know. That just stuck out to me when you're talking.
1: No, we need, we need that support and we can't think that we can do this on our own. Like, yes, we're called to, to be leaven and light and all this in the world, but like if the salt loses its flavor, <laughs> Uh yeah. That has it finished? With what can it be salted? Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Relative read the causes. Bible. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I want to be in charge of the drops. F <laughs> uh, from now on. I think I get to choose the drops. All right. Um, I went
0: a little drop heavy this episode, everybody. I'll just <laughs> I'll, I'm just gonna own it. Okay. I'm gonna own my mistakes here, but um no, I I love that point. I love that topic. I think this is something we'll you'll definitely hear us talking about more, especially um, what aspects within the culture, you know, um, do we see ourselves compromise? You know, we had another topic we were almost going to bring in today, and we're like, no, that would lead us down a whole other path. So especially if there's things that, you know, pop into your head from this episode, don't hesitate to reach out to us, Gmail account, um, the priest at gmail.com, on our website, org slash ptp or any of our Instagram or that stuff. We love to hear from you and love to hear any comments, any um, questions that you may have. So as we uh, start mm-hmm. to wrap up today, our our segment, we always um, look at what you watch and what you're reading, what you're thinking. I'll start, I always put you on the spot first. So mm. what are you watching? Um, me and my wife are watching Designated Survivor. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's kind of like the premise that I think the state of the union or something important was happening and they always take one person um, of Congress to a safe house in case something happens Mm. to everybody else. And so the Capitol, yeah, the Capitol explodes and this guy is the designated survivor and becomes the president. Mm. Um, It's intriguing. I like little suspense thriller, things like that. So we're watching that Um, reading. I'm reading the, um, I want to, I always get this title wrong. I started it a long time ago, never finished it, picked it back up. Um, St. John Paul the Great, His Five Loves
1: by Jason, oh, Jason Everett. Everett. That's yeah. actually really good.
0: Yeah, it's a good book. Um, I think I, I was surprised by it because, you know, Jason Everett's known as a chastity speaker and this and a little... Yeah, you know, a little wha-
1: sort of popular level. Yeah. And yeah. But of I was oriented like towards the youth a, a bit. Yeah. But the stories in there are really good.
0: Yeah. If they're like actually true, which I would imagine I they're vetted so. and true. I mean, amazing stuff you hear about the life of John Paul, too. Yeah. Amazing. Um, What am I thinking? Major League Baseball Thursday uh, season opener. Uh, that's it. You're
1: up. That's it. All right what am i watching <laughs> watching more and more little clips of um of life inside the bubble for the nba players <laughs> like, all right. all, like they're they're riding all the rides at disney world they're just everything is uh i, I get it through the espn app right they're just like they're documenting everything <laughs> um which leads me to what are you thinking um it's made me just realize again like sports we i think we talked about idolizing sports heroes before but like these guys who are sort of in their physical prime who are like playing nba Mm -hmm. they're basically kids yeah um in adult bodies and now they're at disney world right (laughs) it's 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 really funny um yeah they showed this like Like,
0: like, massive guy who's the guy from um oklahoma city from new zealand you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah
1: uh adams yeah,
0: they're like, oh, yeah, it's his 28th birthday. I'm like, 28th birthday? He looks right. like he's, like, 20 years older than me
1: and, like, could eat me? Yeah, and so, like, yes, they have these, like, these massive platforms uh, to be able to talk about important things. But it's just, it's funny that we look up to them so much and it's like, some of these guys are, like, 23. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, and then what am I reading? Okay, it's kind of, kind of embarrassing, but... I played, <laughs> played golf last week and I played really well except that my shoes disintegrated as I was playing and I putted horribly and I used to be really good at putting back when I played a lot more. And so I actually went and started reading this book. I was obsessed with golf when I was a teenager and I, I, would, like, <laughs> I would like read about it all the time. Right. Like I got into it that way. And this book is called Dave Pelz's Putting Bible. And I'm like, oh, I'm a biblical scholar. I can just, you know, I can read this too. And so I'm just like picking away at that every so often um, nice. to, to to bring me back to my roots as a much better putter than I am right now. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm watching, reading, and thinking. There
0: you go. Well, on behalf of Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter, we want to say make sure to take care.
1: And God bless.